Hello, Sky friends, and thank you for joining us. I am your host and DM, Scott. I'm joining you here to announce the winners of our birthday giveaway. The entries have been tallied, and we have enough to give away both a set of dice and one of our custom dice trays. In order to make this as fair as possible, I will be rolling percentile dice to see who wins. Each qualified entrant has been assigned an equal range of numbers between 1 and 100. Before I roll and announce the winners, we here at Seasons of Skyrand would like to thank all of you out there from the bottom of our hearts. Your support has made this first year so incredibly rewarding. We couldn't do it without you. This chapter also marks the final installment in Seasons of Skyrand, Book 1. As mentioned in the previous chapter, we will be taking a week off before releasing a special interlude chapter with a new cast of characters. After that, we'll take one more week off before returning for Seasons of Skyrend, Book 2, with our usual characters and a host of new challenges for them to face. Thank you all so much for everything you've done to support us. From iTunes reviews, to the growing community on Facebook and Twitter, to everyone who has helped and encouraged us on Discord. We wouldn't be where we are today without you. Now then, it's time for some winners. First up, winning a new set of dice, we have... 41. Which means our first winner is... At Dia Dragonflame on Twitter. Which is great! I first met them last year through an online gaming community, and we managed to play a few D&D games together. Dia Dragonflame is one of our big fans out in the UK... So thank you for not only representing international interest in our podcast, but also for leaving such a great review. And now, for the winner of the custom dice tray. Dice roll, please. <coughs> 89. Which means our second winner is... At Perry Johnson 77 on Twitter. Which is great. I first met Perry last year... Through a podcast community group, Perry also runs a couple of great podcasts, Hello Life, WTF, and The Pod Stuff. But more important than that is just how much he supports other people in the podcasting community. I've said it time and time again, but podcasters are great people. And every single one that I've met has been incredibly supportive and just a joy to talk with. At Perry Johnson 77 represents our fans out in the state of Texas. So thank you for representing and supporting our show. We'll be reaching out to both of our winners on Twitter to confirm your winnings. Thanks again to everyone who participated, and thank you for enjoying our stories together. It's your support that puts a huge smile on all of our faces. Thank you all, and please enjoy this final chapter in Seasons of Skyrend, Book 1. Welcome to Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5th edition D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore the world around them. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Grey, or Grey the Great, to my fans. 
I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger Third. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. No victory is more rare than a complete victory. With all they've accomplished, Darwin, Arnus, and Vale must now look ahead on the path they have forged. It's easy to look back and spot all the dangers you've already overcome. But none, well, few, can say what lies ahead. So, let's see, Kent and I will say, well, you know, Yuval, with all this madness going on, if you were to, if you were to expand, there's no guarantee that even these, that these children are even going to stick around. They might run off. How about we worry about shoring up the schools that we have now, and then if everybody stays and you need more room, we can expand. Which will at least get Yuval listening. Still needs you to convince her, though. Let's roll some persuasion. Oh my god. Uh, what you got? I'm really off my game today, guys. That's an that, that wasn't you, that was the day. Nebo will stand up and walk over to Kent and I and give her a hug. For old time's sake. Well, Kent, it was wonderful to see you again, but I'm not so sure about your friend here. He's talking an awful lot and not giving us anything but the status quo. And if we wanted the status quo, then there was no reason for the Count to be removed. So if he's just offering up more of the same, well, I don't know if I can rightly trust him. A few folks will excuse me. She motions to the door. All right, forget this. Arnis is done playing nice with this woman because he's already angry at her. And she's already kicking him out, so what the hell? And Kintanaya is trying to take that social cue and exit gracefully, as is her manner. Yep. Um, she is still a bard, though. Uh, I'm- so you know. <laughs> Look, Miss Bay, you don't like me. I can see that. I don't know that I like you. We stand for different things. Fine. You're here to protect your rich kid's school. Pardon me for saying so, but that's what it is. I'm here to protect school for everybody. That's my job. That's why I'm in charge, and you're not. So, (laughs) either you're going to get on board and help us out, or you're going to watch funding for your little rich school dry up. Okay. That's meant to be intimidation. I know, I know. Like, I'm just pointing that out. Like, oh, it's totally intimidation. I need to, I'm gonna I need roll, to check something first. And I'm going to fail, and that's fine. Because Kintanaya is picking up what you're laying down and wants to help you out. I just need to see something real quick. I'm done negotiating. <laughs> She's going to start pissing people off. Was, she uh, is here on your behalf. That was and good rage. This is her friend, so she, maybe she won't outright hurt her, but she will still try to help you. It's at this point that Kintanaya starts singing a very low song, almost in the tenor region. She has excellent range. And you feel her support and her words reach out to you as she grants you bardic inspiration for your intimidation. Thank you. You brought a bard with you. I did bring a bard with me. Uh, Granting you an extra d8 on this intimidation check. 
Woof. Yeah, I have a decent bonus, but it's not. That's helpful. Uh, it's an 18. That's better. It's a lot better than that nine. <laughs> a lot better. With Tania's voice almost making your words reverberate within the room here, you see Yuboa shrink down into her chair. She feels your words yelling down at her. Oh, no need to get upset, Mr. Gray. I apologize, I didn't know you were so passionate about this. Um, yes, yes, we can certainly discuss all this at a later time. By all means, do as you wish with the schools. For now, just keep the school open. Let kids keep attending. That's what we want. Normalcy, Miss Bay. Intimidation. Nice. Well, she'll listen. But she is afraid. Yeah. It's not how I like to run things, but... Okay. Darvin, I believe you're going to go see some people about the church. Yes. I was going to try to bring the head of my order to see the Templar lady. All right. Tell me about the head of your order. I don't know. We haven't defined him yet, have we? No. No, we've got your stand-in mentor, who was very apathetic, mostly just didn't want you to die. Right. But certainly not the head monk Hmm. or priest of the monastery. Let's start with, how old is this person? Is this an elderly elderly person? Is this a young person? Yeah, he's old. Is it a man? Yes. Okay. Does he also shave his head? Yes. He's one of us. He just... I mean, I don't know if he still does missions and stuff, but... Oh, no. No, no. He's an elderly monk in charge of the whole monastery. He handles business here. Yeah. Um, What was his monk weapon? If he were to bust it out in the middle of a fight, what would it be? Like a little dagger. Ooh, small and intimate. Yeah, he was very backstabby. Let's see. What's a good question here about this guy that you would know? Why does everybody else in the monastery respect him? He's a little scary. Ooh, what makes him scary? He's harsh to newbies. So, like, we all recognize him as that guy that yelled at us on our first day. Mm. He gets a little nicer once he gets to know you, but... So if you get in trouble, do you go see him? Like, serious trouble? Like, would you be sent to him? It, like... it would It would have to be serious trouble, but yeah. It's like getting sent to see the dean or assistant mm-hmm. principal of a high school. I just want to say he's a little mysterious. Like, even if you work there, you don't see him very often. He's a little reclusive there within the monastery. Yeah. Is he spending his time studying, teaching, praying? Studying, praying. Not so much teaching. He does a little teaching, but he used to do more. This is a guy... This is a guy who's as connected with Coram as anybody could be in the monastery. He focuses his energies on that. Yeah. So Darwin heads over to the monastery, seeking the head of his order here in Karami, one Agilis Khan. Yeah, that's good. I would call him Agi if I weren't so scared of him. (laughs) He is in his meditation room. He is wearing his robe. It's loose around the top, cinched quite tight still around the waist. His eyes are closed, but you can tell he's not asleep. Deep in meditation or prayer, his head completely smooth still from years and years of shaving, and just the biggest, angriest eyebrows you've ever seen. (laughs) And he speaks your name before you can even step into the room. Darvin, welcome. What brings you here, my brother? Well, as you may know, there's been a bit of a kerfuffle regarding the city's leadership. Yes, yes, everybody knows. You do not believe Count Balance's name's on our list. No. Mr. Grimm. 
Correct. It was not a religious matter. So then? Well, I've been tasked with talking to religious leaders because we need them to keep on doing what they're doing. Yes. Now is not the time for a crisis of faith, Mr. Grimm. Exactly. So I was hoping you would come with me to speak with the Templar, Eveline, as she's sort of, you know, we have pull within our own religion, but this affects more than just us. So we need to make sure all the religions just keep on religioning. Ah, yes. Templar Aveline of the Servitors, indeed. Hmm, no, not the Servitors. That's the Cleric Guild. Templar Aveline is of the Warrior's Devout, of the Paladin Guild. Nice. So you wish to convince the Templar that the churches are not concerned by the recent changes in the city? Exactly. Roll of Persuasion. Pretty low. He's on your side. Mm, that's a pretty low roll. Eight. <sighs> now, when I say pretty low, <laughs> you don't mean that low. Don't mean that low. While I do agree with you, Mr. Grin, I feel that this is a task you need to undertake yourself to prove yourself still right with Corum. Ah. <laughs> You've helped take a life that was not yet due. Well, I can't argue with that. Certainly offer you guidance or protection if you need it. Protection, no. Guidance I will take. The guidance I give is make yourself right with Korm. <laughs> if only I had time to do that before this, but I do not. Well then, I wish you luck with the Templar. Thank you, sir. So you want to go see Evelyn by yourself? Yeah. Alright. She's also on the east side. Just because I remembered that, of course, the Ordones would send you to people on the east side. They view the east side as more influential than the west. Oh, right. You find your way to the southeast corner of the city, near the city walls. There is a temple there, rather nondescript. There's a lot of... I don't want to say images. The architecture, the lighting, and the plants denote a sacred ground. As you step in, you realize that this place is all very carefully tended and precise in its layout, and that when you come here, you do feel more peaceful. It's an attempt to evoke that through architecture and plant life. Templar Aveline is sword down, like sword point down in the ground in prayer, before a small shrine. Hello, stranger. Greetings. Welcome to my shrine. I trust you're here with peace. I am. Excellent. What can I do for you today? Well... Everyone knows my real name. There's a real good chance everybody in town knows your real name now. Right? So I'll use my real name. (laughs) So my name's Darwin. I'm a monk to, you know, I serve in that temple, the Quran. Yes. The Monastery of Koram. Yes, the, the less chaotic of the two. Both serve him well. What brings you here? Well, I also may have been involved in a little, uh... Scruffle last night. And you wish to confess your sins? No, no, I don't believe I committed any sins, but the. (laughs) Just like 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Like you and the head of your monastery. Well, I mean, that's different. But Oculus Khan, he just said, like, you took a life that wasn't due. (laughs) That was self defense, I had to. Anyways, sorry. That's beside the point. Anyways, 
no, no, no. It's just, you know, we're a bit concerned that after a change in leadership that the religions may get a little worried and, you know, stop practicing, or at least stop practicing here. I don't see why anybody would stop practicing. I believe what you should be more worried about is holy retribution, at the very least panic. There are several faiths which do not agree with the actions of last night, with this bard's rebellion. How is it that you propose we keep things running smoothly, then? Well, talk to them. I certainly could. What would I say? Just that, you know, nothing here has changed from their point of view. They don't have to agree with the rebellion, per se. Hmm. But people still need their guidance. Their followers still need them. Are you trying to make more of a logical argument or more of a moral religious argument? I think it's more moral religious that people still need religion no matter what. Let's do this. What is something from Coram's teachings that supports this plan of action? A verse? A proverb? That supports the idea that we need religion? To stay the course in the face of adversity. Ah... She's a very religious woman, and she will listen to your religious argument if you're willing to make one. Okay. Conversely, about how something went terribly wrong when somebody panicked. Because panic is on a lot of minds right now. If you could show panic as being a bad idea, that would also work. Okay. If it's specific to, like, people that do what I do, it could just be some kind of guideline, like, don't, for advice, for on the job, don't panic Mm -hmm. when things go wrong, because... If you panic, things just get worse. Instead, reevaluate rationally and try again. All right, that sounds like you're quoting sacred text there. Yeah. Go ahead and make a religion roll with advantage, then, since you provided a tale. That's a 21. Ah. You speak wise words of Coram. Eh, staying the course and remaining steadfast is probably the better idea. Can certainly speak to the other elders of the churches, if it will help mean peace here in the city. That is all I can ask. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Do stop by any time. I will. Anything else you'd like to do with this woman? No. Okay. Templar Aveline will give you a small bow with her sword in hand. Uh, She's going to go back to prayer. I will leave. Which leaves us with... Vale. Vale. Dryan's probably going to be going out to talk to uh, Lord Sefuentes this evening. But if you want to go speak to uh, Ed Coates... Yep, I'm going to go talk to Mr. Coates. All right. Man, this guy works in like a shitty office. Wonderful. He's at the age where he should be retired, but isn't. He's working on getting that last bit of tenure for his pension. He's been doing this a long time. He's definitely a little overweight. Shaved probably last time about five days ago. He just has a constant, like, semi-sweat going on. <laughs> probably from all those coats. <laughs> Fuck! He's been in the fur. Police. Waterproof. Sorry, I'm Ed Coates, not Ed Coat. <laughs> Gotta have more than one. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Coates. Uh, yeah. I, I was coming to talk to you about uh, the state of the public works in Karami. <sighs> Well, you came at a hell of a time. He grabs a stack of papers and kind of just shoves them off to the corner of his desk, joining another massive pile of papers and clears a little spot, pulls out a fresh sheet, grabs a pencil. 
What work do you need done? I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I'm here representing the transition of government. Oh, these things are always hell. All right, what about it? I would like to know how we can make your job easier. Uh, easier? I have more men? Less roads? Less garbage? I Take your pick. All right. Would you need an increase in staff permanently, or would you just need a temporary increase to kind of get things back up and running? I mean, we're up and running now. But, Do you uh, see that changing anytime soon? Um, people are getting a little panicked. People might need some extra time off. You know, these personal days are a killer. <sighs> but, I mean, just more people in general all the time would be nice. You know, maybe I could actually get a warm meal for once instead of something that's been left out for a few hours. Well, hey, I mean, you look like a busy man. I could definitely go get you a meal, and if that had helped to start things moving. One meal's not going to well, do it, know, son. But every step, you know. I'm sorry, are you... Some car. Your car? <laughs> One meal's not going to do it there, gal. All right, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep, keep the wheels moving here. Do you have uh, any issue working through and for the new government? If I, if I get paid, if I get my staff... And I actually get to retire one day. I got no problem. Okay. I'm just a few years away from retirement. All I want is just a nice, peaceful life after that. Let's see. Now, I, as far as I know, while the, uh, the coffers are a little tight, we don't seem to be thinking that anything's, anyone's going to go without. So uh, when it comes to your current pay, that should not be impacted. What about hiring more folks? Um... Our, uh, our leader has a way of inspiring people. I'm thinking maybe we can see if we can't find a way to, to encourage the, some people to volunteer for the common good. <laughs> volunteer? Now you're sounding crazy. Well, you know, the, the vision for the new Karami is one where everyone works together. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what sort of tasks are like on your list that you wish you had more help for? He takes this little basket on the left-hand side of his desk, like a metal tray, just marked to-do. It's just overflowing with crap. And he just kind of shoves it in your direction. There you go. All that. It's all the back order, back, or all the back work. Stuff that hasn't been taken care of yet. Okay. Just thinking we have a bunch of rebels that we might be able to convince to take some of this, sorry. Uh, all right, so how do you want to convince this man that you can get people to work for free? Or for severely lessened wages. Like, that he's going to get help and it's not going to take away from his staff or his pay. I want to convince him that the followers of the Bard's Rebellion are so excited for this new change that they're willing to do whatever they can to improve the city. Okay. I need a persuasion or a deception. I'll go with a deception. Or... I, yeah, I think you even might think, like, that's going to be a hard sell for a bunch of gang members to go work for free. Uh, it's 15. All right, good old Ed Coates rolls a two. <laughs> he's an old man, he's been doing this for a long time, he hears a lot of shit every day. You're offering him a life preserver out here in this ocean of work. I don't really care where you get the work from, gal. Just make sure they're on the streets. You could send them down here. I could hook them up with works. I got plenty of things for them to do. You get that done? Yeah, fine. You got my support. Awesome. That sounds good. Ed, I appreciate your time. I won't take any more of it because you look very busy, man. You have no idea. And I, uh, I head out. All right. We need to... We need to get some closure with Jirai and Lord Sofuentes there. Let's see Sofuentes. 
how would Jorion solve this problem? I think he's going to start, because I think all rogues, we all have a charisma ability somewhere in our in our training. Mine just happens to be deception. He's going to try and convince him with whatever that would be. So, you know, if it's intimidation, it would might be something like, um... Uh, you, oh, okay. Will he intimidate, or will he... I think he's going to go with the persuasion or is he going he's to... Gonna, he's going to just go kind of with the idea of, hey, you're not going to make any money if you shut down. If you show this city, business as usual is running, then people are going to come in. But if you shut down, you're not going to make any money. It's just logical. Okay. Because this is an NPC doing it. I don't think we need to play out the whole scene, but can set this up a little bit. Dryan casually makes his way into one of Lord Sefuentes' businesses, which he frequents. And eventually Lord Sefuentes does show up. And Dryan convinces him to take him into, like, a showroom or a back room, just filled with extra stock, to kind of, like, show off to uh, special customers. And this is where Dryan's going to make that argument. It's going to try to persuade Lords of Fuentes that the Rebellion is the right group to support, and not so much the crowd. So you go ahead and roll Persuasion for Jorion. I will roll for Lords of Fuentes. And we'll see what happens. Fifteen. Lords of Fuentes rolls an eleven. Yeah, with their respective modifiers, it's not going to change much. So Jorion is in a back room. Lords of Fuentes puts forth the good argument. Maybe lets his blade flash a couple of times on his hip. Not pulling it out, just letting him know it's there. But Lord Sofuentes thinks that this is the proper business solution. If nothing changes in business, he will still make money. Change is probably bad, or at least unreliable. Cool, yeah. So, Arnis, after leaving Colonel Faybrook, feeling that you did not make any ground with him, there was no way you were going to let things with Uboa Bay fail. So you straight up threatened her and her establishment in order to gain her support. But Colonel Faybrook is still not on your side. Do you intend to keep the guards employed by the city? Yeah. Uh, I'm not planning on just kind of letting them go and hiring, like, gang mercenaries completely as guards. I still want... Is that still an option? I would like for the guards to remain part of the city's protection force, if nothing more than they kind of know how the protection of the city operates already. Okay. Right? In which case, roll me a percentage die. I don't want to use Wow. No. Since that luck table. I believe that's a 12. That is a 12. That is... That is rough. Between the casualties last night and... Uh, just the events of last night. Never mind all the guards that were killed or wounded in action who are unable to serve. There's a large number of guards who just simply don't want to serve someone who's not a member of the Crown family. And 12% of the city guard remains. This will happen over the week as people get fed up and leave. But you're able to find out very quickly that the popular opinion among the guard has gone way down, and they have no interest in helping you out. The ones who are staying are because they are either too young or too in need of money, or maybe some of them are a little bit more on the violent side, and they do want to serve with Taj Mahal and some tarnished hand members. So you've got a mix of guards left, but it is an understaffed guard. Okay. And then, as you're all returning from the day's activities, the sun's not quite down yet. 
And you're all meeting up in front of... I don't know. Are you going back to the royal house? And are you all... I think we have to. Oh, okay. Yeah, people are familiar with the seat of power. You kind of have to keep it. And there's plenty of panicked people in the streets. Not like running around, heads cut off, panicked, but just a lot of people are worried and mistrustful right now. And as you're standing just inside the gates to the royal house, you see Earl Earl and Halfling Woman and Ulwa. And they are approaching. And unfortunately, a lot of the gang members see Earl Earl as an elven nobility figure. They wish to act out on their more rebellious instincts. You can see that there's trouble a-brewing. What do you guys do? I absolutely intervene to stop them. Yeah. You start running down the road towards them. There's like a couple of young gang members. No one who's like leading their gangs. These are all just like initiates or hotheads or maybe still drunk from yesterday. Uh, And they just start shoving Earl Earl around. I suppose at this point I have the authority to do this. I can. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say your leader commands you to stop what you're doing <laughs> because I haven't said anything. We just started running, so like, mm-hmm. I want them to at least hear that like somebody's telling them to stop. Stop. That's fair, Darwin. Are you doing anything? No, he's the speaker. I'm there as muscle. Okay. All right, Arnis. You come to run it up. You're still probably a good sixty feet away when you start shouting out. Asking for people to listen and obey and stop this madness. Uh, roll a persuasion. Oh, because these have been going well, so well for me today. I know, right? So well. Yep, that's a nine. Once again. <laughs> I started out with well, a minute. Not rolled a persuasion check above a three. I would just like wow. to let you know I rolled a three, a two, and yeah, another two. two. This is what I rolled today. Maybe maybe coups do not sit well with Aranus. Maybe you're feeling a little bit more guilt than you know. I I, so. I'm not sure, but for some reason you're not as persuasive as usual. They continue shoving, and Ulwan and the halfling woman kind of get on either side of Earl Earl with their hands up, attempting to protect him. Can I tell who sort of the like leader of this ruffian group is, or whoever is like, causing the most ruckus? You're the leader here, but these people are just, they're just a mob. They are hot off of this rebellion feel, and they see someone who looks like more nobility to them, and they figure if the rebellion can do it once, they should do it again. So it's really just a leaderless mob, aside from yourself. I'm going to pick out one of them. It almost doesn't matter who. Somebody that's shoving the earl around. And cast Vicious Mockery. More to get their attention. Sweet Jesus. More to get their attention than anything else because they're not listening to me. And I'm still too far away to actually physically intervene here. So. What are the words for this Vicious Mockery? Uh, stop you moron. Clever. I, it doesn't need to be clever. It just needs to maybe have an effect. <laughs> well, that's definitely a fail. He rolled the six. And you see one of these kids grab his head in pain and fall down. It's not enough to kill him. That wasn't the point. Mm-hmm. Roll, roll your damage. Like, I didn't I didn't want to kill him. Oh, right. This is... 2d4 now. Well, I would hope that he has more than 8 health. Of course I rolled max damage. <laughs> God wow. damn it. God damn it. The one time that I'm like, please roll two ones. And I roll two fours. 
right? Like, two ones would be fine. I would love to just do a little bit of dance. Oh, my God. And he falls down dead, I'm sure. Uh, you say this, and he collapses down, and he's twitching on the ground, little foam coming out of his mouth. You've broken his brain in some way. Not sure if it's repairable or not at this point. A few members of the mob, like, back off in fright. Uh, a few of them are assured that Earl Earl or Ulan or the halfling woman did this and they start getting more violent and pulling out weapons and it's at this point that the two of you see a glow emerge around the three of your compatriots. Very similar to what happened before when Earl Earl fed the halfling woman the elven water. Darvin, would you like to do anything? We're still running toward them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't gotten there. We'll get there on the next try, just no. Darwin gets a chance to do something, and then my mob gets a chance to do something. No, I got nothing. I'm just getting there as fast as I can. Okay. One of these guys pulls out a sword. He's going to try to run it through Earl Earl. Oh, my God. Mm, that's a good gang member. You guys recruited well. What you see is one of them step behind Olwan and just reach over him, because Olwan's still short. Earl Earl is still tall, and he takes this sword and jabs it through Earl Earl's back, and you see it protrude out through the side of his stomach, and then you see the halfling woman start to bleed from that same spot, but Earl Earl seems unfazed. What do you do? Well, I... you, you can now be all up in the mix and go physically grab these folks. Um, well, I don't have a lot of strength to do that. But I can get into the center so they can all see who I am. Hmm. Can I do that? Can I get in the middle so they can all see me? Sure. And tell them, stop this madness immediately. This man is under my protection. <laughs> it's probably not going to help, is it? Probably not. It might. But I can try it anyway. I can start punching people if you like. That sounds more like Darvin's role. We'll but, see if uh, my command works. <laughs> roll persuasion. Again. <laughs> okay, this has been going so well for me. Should DC? I cast Bardic Inspiration on myself? Probably. DC's a little lower because now they can actually see, like, they know who it is commanding them. But yeah. if you want to inspire yourself. I do want to inspire myself because I've been rolling, like, such shit. Yeah. See? See? You see? <laughs> I rolled another three. You see that? Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this horribleness that is happening to me right now? Well, at least that's not the worst thing it could be. That's a 15. Nice. Okay. Good God. Good comeback from that three on the back. And they step back. Oh! Oh, Mr. Bard! We're sorry we didn't we didn't know he was with you. Our object was the count. We got him. You're not supposed to just attack anybody at random. I That's not a thing that we're doing. He looked enough like the da, count. Da, 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 da. I don't want your excuses. <laughs> no excuses here. This isn't gonna happen again. Alright, alright. <laughs> this is your elf. Our bad. Go away now. <laughs> Leave. Guy pulls his sword out of Earl Earl, who seems miraculously unhurt. The halfling woman wipes her side, and the blood comes off, and the wound is gone. Whoa. <sighs> she looks at you and says, whoa, we need to talk. Yeah, we haven't really... We haven't. Earl Earl doesn't know any of this, right? Why don't you come or on inside? I hope he doesn't. Let's do that. So the three of you, Earl Earl, Olwan, and the Halfling Woman, all head back into the royal house. Where would you like to have this conversation? 
Probably the same place that we talked with the money people. The Ordones. Yeah. You head into the main hall. I mean, the throne room is destroyed, so. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you go to the throne room, but no, no there's, can't. there's the no, floor there's is no mostly floor. gone. Yeah, it's gone. There's, there's no floor. <laughs> there was stuff under the floor, but for another day. And so you head back into the main hall. This is a rather nice table. Everybody's taking a seat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Earl Earl's the first one to talk. Even though the halfling woman definitely wants to, Earl Earl is a very impatient man. He's used to getting what he wants when he wants it. Mm-hmm. Hey, so I didn't sign on for this. Getting stabbed? Overthrowing a city? Balance and I weren't close, but we're still a family. Can anyone tell me what we're doing here? Well, there was a reason we kept you out of it, and then here you were in it. Yeah, you didn't think that, like, tackling the royal family in a city would maybe bleed over to the other royal family members? Yeah, Do I tell the truth? Then he went in this so that Darwin didn't die. Go for it. And then imprison him. <laughs> oh, I meant the truth about why we're here. Oh. Not about why he's with us. truth, too. I don't care. I feel like there's consequences to both those things, but there's part of me that's like... All actions have consequences. Just do whatever Arnis would do, or Vale would do, or Darvin would do. I feel like I feel like at this point Arnis has had he's had it like up to here with Earl Earl. And just like the amount of money that he's making us spend and like and just how much Yeah, anyway. Alright. I suppose we're past the point where I should tell you this, so I'm gonna lay everything out on the table for you. You're with us right now because Olwenir basically said we protect you or Oscar over here dies. I always knew God was on my side. Wonderful. <laughs> well, just because Olwenir's on your side doesn't necessarily mean we are. You're here with us because we were forced into it so that he wouldn't die. So let's okay. just be clear about that to start with. Second, we got into a bit of odd scrape in Honey Hollow a while back. Not when we were there with you. The way we got out of it was by undertaking a task for a group that calls themselves the Indelible Truth. Now. Which yeah, you may the, or may not the media guilt. Everybody's heard that. It's like saying, have you heard of CBS? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. It's a very well-known guilt. The media guild is not shy about putting their stamp on things they fully endorse. It's a brand name. It's a network. Okay. It's the official guild. So yes, he absolutely knows of them. In which case, I would have just said, by the indelible truth. Hmm. This task is a, was a little out of their, what you would call, normal realm of business. Yes. I have never heard of any of the journalists attacking nobility before. Well, my guess is within the next couple of days, you're going to hear of somebody else getting attacked much bigger than Balance. Well, I was just attacking the street. I think that counts as bigger. Well, <laughs> bigger than you. Well, that's, that's a very short list. There you go. I'm not going to quabble over him. Quabble with him over his status. There is some factual truth that Earl is a very large city. He does control... A lot more than so to the other nobility. In any case, we were sent here as part of our penance for our little scrape to be 
the first blow in a much bigger plan. You could have turned them in, you know. I don't mind arresting people. Or having people arrested if I don't do it myself. You chose a very violent path. Is the violence done? Sorry, are you done with the violence? Yes. Except at this point in protection of the city. And when the army shows up? When someone comes after you? Or you? Or you? As he turns to the three of you. Well, when the army shows up, we have a right to defend our city. <laughs> not liking that answer, I know he's not. <laughs> like, at all. He's not like Yours, it's, it's still not yours. The city still belongs to... Count Balance, just as myself, and we serve at the king's command. If he wanted to take our cities back, he could. Now that Count Balance isn't here, pretty sure he's going to want it back. That doesn't make it yours, just means you killed the person who was in charge. True and perhaps not true. So, yes, we did kill the person that was in charge. That was a thing that we did. But I'm less sure than you of the king's continuing influence. It sounds like you're in for some very difficult times ahead. Potentially. So, <laughs> since God has decreed it, since Olwenir has decreed it, am I still under your protection? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you think you could get someone to let those people know not to attack me? What? Those gang members of yours? Mm. We should be able to do that, right? <laughs> we can do that. In the meantime, stay here. Like, in the palace with us. Like, not, like, don't, it's not like, stay here. It's like, okay. stay here <laughs> with us. Right. You'll be safer here than wandering about the city, as I'm sure you can surmise, but we'll go It's work. dangerous to go alone. No Stay doubt. here. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't alone. And he looks to his two companions. Anything else? Anything else for Earl Earl, I should say? Okay, good. At which point, then, as Earl Earl steps back and starts wandering over near the exit, Olwan's going to come up and check on him on that wound which is clearly not a wound anymore. There's a hole in his shirt. He'll need that replaced. That's for certain. His body seems fine. And the halfling woman will step up, and even without touching you, she's going to extend that pinkish, yellowish light around everyone, including Earl Earl and Olaf. And again, you all feel connected. And you can feel her... What's the right word for this? You can feel her anxiety over the situation. How's everybody else feeling right now? So you can feel each other, too. The same. Anxious. Like, we didn't really plan what to do after this. And what to do once the King's Army showed up, which we had to know was coming. Part of me just wants to say we did what we set out to do, and bye. But I don't think, you know, my line would allow that. <laughs> is Darwin thinking about making an escape? Yeah. Or is it... Okay. I mean, not seriously, because I don't think his alignment would allow it, but it, he's thinking about it. <laughs> what about Arnis? What's Arnis feeling, thinking right now? I am thoroughly depressed about my own abilities today. <laughs> it's very short-sighted, but okay. I well, I mean, you know, I did I did a lot and some impressive things to get us to this point, and the fact that I don't seem to be able to keep us going is kind of pissing me off in the short term. In the long term, I'm I am hoping to hell that they took care of the other part of this and that there's no king's army coming. I'm hoping like hell, because if that happens, I know we're dead, and so that's worrying me. Okay. 
What is Vale feeling right now? What is Vale thinking? Vale's feeling violated. She doesn't like this woman in her head. Well, you're in hers, too. Oh, I know. It's not just like somebody poking around. It's like she's making everybody share. Yes, and at that violation, he's doing everything they can to mentally keep people out of their head. Doesn't like it. Everybody's in the feelings corner right now. We're all sharing our feelings. and, And thoughts. Because sharing is the first step. Wow. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we're getting there. And you can certainly feel her anxiety. Not just over the things that have happened. It's anxiety over the future. The things that will or very likely could happen. And she will speak to you. Do you people even know what you're doing? You're protecting yourselves? But have you thought about the cost of this all? You're sowing the seeds of chaos, and you've gotten his attention. If you think that he won't notice and won't act, (laughs) then you're far more short-sighted than I would have hoped. You need to protect yourselves. You need to hide or run. But you do need to beware. And how is it that you know this? Yes, well... While I cannot know everything, I know that Pathox is pleased, and I know he will be making further actions. This is just one step. I hope you're happy. You know what? I don't care who the hell you are. Get out of my fucking head. Okay. Make a wisdom saving throw. I crit. (laughs) That is a good time to crit. You can feel a wave of... It's a memory of hers. Of fear and anxiety meant to pretty much just shut you down. Like, cripple you. And although you do fall to a knee, you manage to stay conscious. I stand back up. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. And I say... Okay. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, you first. I'm not here to impose will. I was... I was hoping we could all come to some sort of compromise, but I don't think that you, Vale, have any interest in that. Mm, I'm not one to compromise with mysterious glowing people who force thoughts into my head. Well, if you know what I know, then maybe you can understand what I understand. Tell me what you know. I've been trying to. In cryptic riddles. I'm so sick of gods and their cryptic riddles. So either you're another annoying fucking god, which I've had enough of... Or you're some powerless little halfling who thinks she's stronger than she is. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> but I kind of give Vale a look like... Vale's had enough. Vale doesn't like to be the tool of a god. I know. No. And Vale's been pushed to this point. I have never found compromise to be annoying. I've always found it the way forward. At which point she will not say anything, but she will certainly press an image into everybody's head, showing her in her full godly splendor as Liana, god of halflings. Yeah, that's about right. Oh, man. You've all shown me kindness. Earl here has helped save me. Helped heal me. She corrects herself. I was gonna say, I tried and failed. <laughs> you did more than you may have known. Which is why I wanted to help you. And if you still want my help, you can still have it. Because I do not want to see Pathox come. Well, if he, there's someone who wants to speak up about trying to kill Pathox, now's the time to do it. 
I have many questions at this point. <laughs> many, many questions. We'll start with the most pressing one and maybe work backwards if there's time. So we'd like to avoid him for the time being as well. <laughs> Mostly because, as you may or may not know if you've had any conversations with Corum in godly realm, I don't know if you all communicate, but... It's been a long life, so yes. Well, recently, I suppose in your scheme of things, I was forced to bargain for my own life after dying, and he allowed me to return Mm -hmm. with the caveat that my goal in life is to kill Pathox. And if I die before (laughs) doing so, I am essentially damned. No, I do not know your particular story. Sounds like you're damned either way. (laughs) Well, I mean... You either run and die peacefully, or you go die painfully. Well, I appreciate the sentiment. I, I don't feel as if I have the choice to run away and let my enemy stab me in the back. That's not something that I'm going to do. It's your life. It's your choice. Um, I wonder, when the time comes for us to fight this guy, you'd be willing to help us. Or help us prepare. Hopefully that is a long ways away. We hope so, too. Though not so long that you can die before. Uh, Roll persuasion. Oh, God. (laughs) Well... Not the best day for it. You just tell me she's not gonna help and be done with it. Hey, Vale didn't pass out. Yeah, but that's Vale, <laughs> not me. Casting Bardic Inspiration on myself again because I can't, like, I can't handle these rolls today. Oh, that's much better. I'm gonna use it anyway, though. Well, you already cast it. You might as well. Yeah, that's an 18. Well, if you can right some of your wrongs along the way, I might be able to help you when the time comes. But this, she just looks around, just gesturing to the royal house, the city. This isn't good. I'm terribly curious if she believes that the enslaving of people based on their race is good. That's not what she's talking about. She's talking about you guys had a rebellion in Karami, murdered somebody, and now there's a gang in charge of the guards. We're fixing that. That was not enslavement. No, what I was saying is that From Vale's perspective, the elves have enslaved every other race because there's no one else that represents them in the higher levels of society. Does she believe that to be right? Being the halfling god. Most don't see it as enslavement when there's a royal family. They may see it as unfair, but there's a big step to slavery. Well, Vale's view is very skewed, for obvious (laughs) reasons. Yeah. Vale's view is understandably skewed. But to just about everybody you would ask, people would not say that they are slaves to the royal family. They might be upset that the royal family is in charge, but they don't view themselves as being enslaved by elves, because elves are underneath their thumb as well. So no, Liana does not want the slavery of every race by elves, but she also does not view the current situation as such. What else? Um, if anything else. Two things. First, in regards to Pathos, we... Pathbox. Sorry. Not emotional appeals. <laughs> we, got, we got some advice that's a little cryptic, and I'm wondering if 
you may be able to help us decrypt it. Coram told us it is our children that hurt us the most, but we're still unsure as to what that means. Well, then he's told you more than I would have. Meaning wow, that's you, a whole lot of help. Meaning you know what it means, but you're not going to help. Correct. They won't help us, but they'll do everything to make our lives harder. That's awesome. I'm not trying to make your lives harder. I'm just saying there's... You need to get off the bench, lady. There are some things that don't need to be spread around for everybody to know. Oh, that's interesting. Meaning it's not for one god to talk about another god's weakness. Um, no, I'm pretty sure that might mean that that rule applies to all gods. That their children hurt them the most? Um, okay. Second thing, totally unrelated to what we're talking about. Sure. How the hell did you end up in that cave? (laughs) <laughs> that's what you want to know. Yes, that's what I want to know. I've wanted to know that since we picked her up. How the hell did you end up there? And what happened to you? Oh, well, that's that's easy enough. She will extend her thoughts and feelings oh, to you again. She will narrate it this time, but she wants to give you a sensation of what it was like to be there. I was on an expedition with a number of halflings from Honey Hollow. We were off to go free the dragon. Were attacked, and you see images of them failing very, very hard to fight off the Sentinids. And I did my best to protect the halflings and keep them safe, but there was only so much that I could do. You see more images of basically what she did with Earl Earl, and they were getting bitten and shot by the Sentinids. She was taking their wounds for them. Until eventually she couldn't. Then everybody died. She, being divine, survived. But she had taken on far more damage and pain than she had planned on. Sentinids are vicious creatures. Did not know they would be there. I wanted to help a friend of the city. A friend of the halflings. And I'm glad you succeeded. In which case... You know Maraska. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, this woman's so anti-chaos. What yeah. is Maraska trying to do but so chaos? Um Maraska's the reason we're here doing this. Yes, I know. But you're the ones who chose to do it. You made your deals. It doesn't please me that she made the deal, but you accepted and carried it out. Darvin or Vale, you've been awfully quiet here. Anybody else, please feel free to keep up. I have no desire to talk to this guy. I don't truck with him. Nah, Darwin's not so good at talking. She said that she'll help, but I don't believe her for one second, so... I believe her. She seems nice. Hmm. I will ask one question, though. She's not going to answer it. If she does, she'll ask it with a riddle, but I'll ask. So, who are the children of chaos? That's my new metal band. (laughs) It's a good name. Children of chaos? Yeah, that's pretty good. Alright, let's get on that. (laughs) You back to the community college, go recruit some people. I bet definitely he's drop D. Mm, see, how will she answer that? She's not going to answer it directly. No. She's going to answer it like a god, of course. Well, when you figure that out, you'll be one step closer. Wow, you bitch. Thanks for nothing, lady. You're already well on your way. If I hastened your progress, you would only encounter him sooner. And last I heard, you didn't want to see him. We're not ready for that, she's right. We're smart enough to know that we're not ready yet. You don't think we can take a god on at level 5? Maybe. 
Yeah. We could take them on. I'm not gonna last long. I was like, you want to try, and I'll go down in the first round of combat because that's what would happen. Yippee! Let's all go fight a god. Dead. You're already heading to the temple. I think you'll get some answers there if you're worthy. That's not for me to judge, though. We're heading to a temple. It was on one of your plans. I don't know yeah. if you're still doing it, but yeah. she's. Oh that right, thought. that temple thing. Yes, yeah, the I forgot about that. Right, Doom. I think it was called. No, it wasn't. Temple of Saint Falaron. Yes, yes I wrote it down. That's what I meant. I got confused. She has seen that plan in your thoughts, but I will give you this bit of advice: don't delay. More time you waste here, less time you're going to have to prepare. She brings her life back in to herself. And you can feel her anxieties and worries about you and the city and the continent in general pull away. I don't know if you're retaining any of those, but she's not forcing anybody to. She just wanted you all to know that she is also worried. So, Liana, Earl, Earl, and Olwan will exit the main hall. They will head upstairs to some bedchamber. Pass the night away. Is there anything else the three of you want to do today? I need to go talk to Cashmere to spread the word about not. Do you send for him or do you just go out and find him? Cashmere returns to the royal house. Looks like he may have been in a couple of scrapes. There's a few new marks on his armor. He's a little bit sweaty, but nothing serious. There's an elf here at the palace that's under our protection. I need you to spread the word that he's not to be harmed. You got it, boss. Thank you. Also, uh, how's it going out there? It's fine. There's just a few guards still trying to hit us while we sleep or eat or stuff like that. We're taking care of them. Don't worry about it. Meaning you're keeping them on your side, right? You're not just pushing them with your hammer? Okay. If they'll listen to reason. Okay. If not, holds up his hammer. Hammer pushing. Okay. If you need me to intervene, you let me know. Nah, we got this. Okay. <laughs> Artist doesn't facepalm, but I do. <laughs> Is that the night for everybody? Vale's a player for something they'd like to do, but Vale's player does not have the energy to do it tonight. Can you give me a, a rundown of what that is? Um, the short version? To go out and kill Commander What's-His-Face and then impersonate him. Colonel Faybrook? Yeah. Okay. Darwin, what are you doing before you go to bed? I can't think of anything. Okay. I'm still avoiding, you know. Avoiding what? Praying. Avoiding prayer and responsibility. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's what I'm doing before bed. Avoiding prayer and responsibility. I like it. In which case... Arnis, what are you doing before bed? I may go over the kind of a brief statement of, like, the town's finances. (sighs) Nerd! (laughs) Boring-ass crap. I know, but I, you know... Are you bringing in either the Ordones or their son? Yeah, I probably should. Just to get an accurate picture of kind of, like, where we're at. In which case, we see the four of you just in the main hall, a couple of candles burning late into the night, going over numbers and papers. It's all very boring, and they care about this way more than you do. Until eventually it's just too late. And your brain just stops working. You've got a fair enough understanding of what's happening now, now, but, like, the long-term planning and, like, the numbers they were trying to show you... Some of it's just a bit beyond day two of rebellion. So the city and the royal house sleeps. Count Valance is dead, and the denouement have claimed responsibility. The news and the panic have spread like wildfire through the city. Very few ever knew with certainty 
when the Assassin's Guild acted. This bold act proclaims their presence and their power. The word of this spreads beyond the city quickly, by courier, messenger birds, and various magical means. The denouement can strike anyone, anywhere. Meanwhile, across the bay, in the capital, Maraska and her crew receive the news and have no choice but to act. The indelible truth needs to send their own message. In the hours before the dawn, they position a wagon outside a grand building. It is with a heavy, yet determined heart that Maraska extends a hand, utters a string of words in Draconic, and says, For the future. <laughs> it's the early morning back in Karami. The sun, not long from breaking the horizon. It is a moment of cool calm before the rest of the city comes to life and must deal with this new reality. The reality of the Bard's Rebellion. The reality of the denouement, active in their own city. And you're all up, anxious from the past couple days, killing the Count, leading a rebellion, finding out you've been traveling with a god. And you all find yourselves staring out a window somewhere here in the royal house. And then, a beam of sunlight breaks in the west, shooting straight up into the sky. Only, the sun doesn't rise in the west. Turning east, you quickly confirm that the day is slowly breaking. But back to the west, that bright beam continues to shoot into the sky. As the confusion sets in, a crack and a rumble roll through the air from the light. In Vermilion, as the fires and devastation reign, panic and terror grip the people, as Maraska and her crew turn their attention now to the capital. And that's where we end. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at VanessaBlockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at Dibber.mo or at SoundCloud.com slash Dibber Music. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Website design by Patrick Dunkerley over at DunkDesigns.com. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. This week's chapter is made possible thanks to our wonderful cast and crew. 
all of you amazing listeners, and our special friends who would like to say hello. It's been a thousand years since the Celestial War, and the great races were rendered extinct. A thousand years since the establishment of the Decladine Empire, and peace came over Pylos. But an ancient secret that promises of untold power has broken the alliance and threatens to destroy the realm. Join our heroes, Tash. Grab Daryl. Get out. I will follow you. Go. Silverpaw. You'll pay for this, Sylvia. Craig. Someone is looking for you. The name Tash means anything to you. And Bagger. Let's get dangerous. As they uncover dangerous secrets, ancient cities, and race against time and the Empire itself to save Pylos. Download The Stranger Lands now before it's too late.